Good afternoon, Patty. Hello there, Patty. Hey, can you hear me? I can hear you. Good afternoon. How are you doing? Good evening. I'm good. Sorry about that. Yeah, no problem. No problem. So, um, <laughs> Patty Mayo, a freelancer and a blogger who's based out in the Middle East. Welcome to the Colombian Catwoman podcast, aka Jeanette. How are you doing? I'm doing good, doing good, just relaxing. Okay, so you, um, you're fasting during the month of Ramadan because you live in the Middle East. Is that as a result of choice or is it your religious obligation? It's a result of choice. Um, I do love the feeling around Ramadan and what it stands for. So when I first moved here, I started with just, I think, 10 days. And then every year I would try and go longer and longer until doing the full month. Okay. So how many years have you lived out in the Middle East? Four years now. Okay. So you probably left, I think. So you probably arrived as I left. I left in 2016. That's exactly when I came here, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> yeah so our paths may be crossed on uh, uh, you know across the ocean or something like that um <laughs> so fasting and do you yeah how do you break your fast do you do the whole dates and you know what what do you do to break your fast so i like date bars i'll do date bars and i'll do some lemon infused water and then mm-hmm. i'll have a hot meal maybe 30 minutes after i try not to do I try not to like gorge myself because it does not end well. Okay. As much as I want to. <laughs> <laughs> I can imagine. And so um, what time, What what's the fasting like over there? What time is sunrise? What time is sunset in Dubai so at the moment? I get up around 3.30, 3.40 and I start 3.40 a.m. to make my meal for Sahur and then fast breaks uh fast we break up fast around sunset here which is usually like 6 49 6 50 it depends on the time it's getting a little bit later and later every day now so that's a good what 13 hours is that is that right Even yeah maths, yeah it's correct? pretty long some days I, I like don't hear my alarm and i don't get up and those are actually the worst days but it's like a good test of character so it's all for the better and you've been doing it for four years. Do you find that it's easier for you now? Do you find no. that you're... <laughs> no, it's not. It's actually really hard this year because of COVID-19. So like, mm-hmm. I'm not able to like go to iftars with friends or anything like that. And um, okay. even though like the physical representation of Ramadan is not really present right now, I still feel it digitally. I mm-hmm. connect with people online who are also fasting different parts of the world. So it's still... The community is still there. I just, I really miss the the Ramadan festivities in the UAE right now. Yeah, I hear you. I understand what you mean. You know, it's basically the whole world comes alive once fast is broken, once, you know, the prayers, the evening prayers and fast broken and people are celebrating and moving around and food's in the air. It's, it's kind of almost like a bit of a party every evening is what I would say. Um, yeah. 
So I'm from Birmingham in the UK and the, a big a big Asian community, in particular a big Muslim community in Birmingham. That's very much what it's like in those areas where, you know, the Asian Muslim live in Birmingham. That's very much what happens. And, and, and you know, for me, it's very reminiscent or reminiscent of the Middle East as well. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah, I feel that. I've only been in either America or other Muslim countries around Ramadan and it's it's like the same feeling is there across the board if I was in Morocco if I was in Jordan Lebanon wherever this the mm-hmm. feeling is still there like it's exactly the same they might celebrate a bit differently but the feeling is still there Okay, well, um, I wish you well. I know it's a difficult challenge, but I know it's great for the body, great for the mind, and you're, you know, it's something that's good for the soul as well on so many levels. I, I know a number of people who do it. Um, I'm not one of them, but well, <laughs> it actually helps with my creativity a lot. Like my creativity is always like out the door when I'm fasting. Like my mind is always like racing in the morning when I get up. It's just like, it's like constant, constant. It's only like right now because of the, you know, global situation, I'm feeling like a little not so creative at, at the moment. But usually when I'm fasting, like that's when I put out my best work. And how do you feel, you know, kind of four o'clock in the afternoon? You know, do you feel kind of that you're firing as well at the same time, four o'clock in the afternoon? Or do you feel stronger and more creative in the morning? Definitely morning. I've always been a morning person. I work in coffee, so that morning is my jam. That's when I get my work done. But when mm-hmm. I'm fasting, four, five o'clock, when I know like it's about to be iftar, that's like the, the struggle. It's the struggle right there. I have to do everything I can to like, like keep myself going and distracted, so I don't think about like, okay, I'm, it's almost over. You're almost there. <laughs> yeah. yeah I hear you I can imagine I can imagine but well done and respect to you for doing that it's basically a cleanse of the soul in every way shape and form so well done um where are you originally from I'm from Brooklyn New York um, my family okay. is Haitian and Panamanian and I was raised by a Jamaican stepdad okay so you've got a great mix there yeah Panama Jamaica Haiti. Brooklyn I love Brooklyn um, yeah, it's probably my favourite borough, borough in New York. Um, but yeah, um, so Brooklyn to the UAE, how did that happen? So um, I visited the UAE in 2016, early 2016, around my birthday that year. It was like a two-day layover and I explored the city and I really, really liked it. It wasn't too hot yet, so I didn't know how hot it got. But when I visited, it was like amazing. And then I went home and then about a month after my trip, I got an inquiry from a company in Abu Dhabi from a cafe. So my main bread and butter is cafe consulting. I'm a coffee consultant. I'm a coffee professional. I'm a trainer. I help people open specialty coffee shops from the ground up, basically. That's great. That's incredible. Yeah. And I've been in it for... Ooh, like 14 years now. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what brought me to the UAE. They reached out, we talked, we connected, and I came aboard to Abu Dhabi to help them open their coffee shop in uh, at NYU University, New York University mm-hmm. Abu Dhabi, 
on Saria Island. Uh, I helped them build from the ground up, staffed it, did their menus, everything. And I stayed there for about a year and some change. And then I went freelance. Okay. And how's that business doing? Is it still in operation? Oh, they're Is, doing are they amazing. They're doing amazing. Like it was, that's my baby. That was my project. Like the cafe is amazing. Okay. So what type of support do you offer? Do you offer a one-off package, you know, setting up the business or do you offer, you know, a continual support consultation package? What, what do you offer in terms of it your bread and butter? For, it depends on what the client needs. So for the cafe in Abu Dhabi, I was there to help them staff and plan out the cafe layout, everything. And I stayed on as their general manager for the rest of the time I was with them. But some mm-hmm. clients, you know, they don't need that. They just want me to set them up. They want me to build a menu for them to train their staff. It just depends on the client, what they need. Some cafes are already open. So I just help them switch to a more specialty coffee atmosphere, higher quality beans, better trained baristas, things like that. Okay. So, I mean, it sounds like a really interesting um, career and arena to work in. How did you get into specialty coffees? It was my first job and it's really been the only job I've ever had. Um, I just, it just happened to be something I was really good at. And it was easy for me to do things that other people found really difficult. So I was able to really go far with the companies I work with in America. And it just Mm -hmm. brought me to the UAE. So do you then go out and source coffee as well? How, how does that work? So I, how do you build I, I the links up? And... I don't source beans. I can find beans for clients if they need it, but that's not really my, not my favorite thing. I'm more client fo- focused, like customer focused. I like being hands-on in the cafe. I like to build the customer experience in a coffee shop. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I leave the beans to roasters. They got that on lock. <laughs> that's fair enough we've all got parts of you know the business that we enjoy I'm not doing anything myself at the moment but I understand that there are parts that we do enjoy and parts that we you know don't and definitely happy for other people to do their great jobs over there I have no um, someone with delegating tasks <laughs> so four years in the UAE how has the experience been for you it's been amazing I've met so many incredible people here I've made so many amazing connections like it's been really like a life-changing journey here how did you make those connections how did you build up a social network how did you yeah how did you get out there and make friends yeah so before I even moved to the UAE, I was connected with a few different people through Nomadness Travel Tribe. Um, I met a lot of people that lived in the UAE through that group. And a few of my mm. friends connected me with people that lived in the UAE or were going to move to the UAE because I had a lot of friends that taught abroad. So they still had mm-hmm. connections and they just put me in contact with people. I reached out before I came. I think just a few days after I landed in the UAE, um, a group of people had like a, like a welcome drinks thing. And I met a bunch of people. And the people I met at that first, like 2016, December, are still some of my best friends right now. That's great. That's fantastic. Um, 
So um, I want to congratulate you on your social media sites. I was having a look at them before and the website is so clear, so congruent. The colours are beautiful, the clarity of the images, the layout, the format of it. It's an absolutely beautiful site. Your Facebook page is clear, your Instagram um, so congratulations yeah. on the, the social media side of things. Where did you get the experience from? Do you do it all yourself? But it's just absolutely phenomenal. Thank I do have you, to say thank that. You, thank you. That was, it was like a learn as you go process. Um, Afro was abroad, mm-hmm. which was like the first thing I opened outside of coffee in the UAE. It just came about mm-hmm. as like, I really, like the community here is so tight. It's such a small expat community here. We all know each other. Um, and I realized that a lot of the UAE was not explored. And I would love I love taking my car out, going to different Emirates, finding things that people would be like, how did you even find this place? And that's what I mm-hmm. to do. So everyone kept saying, what was this place? How did I find it? So I was like, all right, let me just... Let me just do this. So I created the website. I came up with the name Afros Abroad. My hair is like the it's a great name as well. It, it, yeah, my hair is like the first thing people see when they see me. So I was like, let me just incorporate that into the brand, and it just came about. Well, well done because, as I said, your social media presence looks fantastic. But what I would say, it doesn't seem as though um, you're looking at building numbers necessarily. I don't know whether that's what you're interested in, in terms of your social media. So it looks great. Do you, do you have um, much interaction with, with your followers? Do people, yeah. So talk to me about that, the kind of social media work and branding that you do. Do you do much of it or? So I do everything that you see on my social media is done by me. The photos are taken by me. The editing is by me. Um, I interact with my followers. I started doing events like little coffee meetups, um, co-working meetups, things like that for the mm-hmm. to come together. I'm not looking at numbers. I'm looking at quality and content. Am I providing information mm-hmm. about the UAE that people need? As long as I feel like I'm doing that and also sharing my travels as I travel from the UAE because it's so easy to travel from here. I'm happy with that. Yeah, it is. It's a great springboard. It's a great springboard. Yeah. A lot of people like to um, call me an influencer. I do not think I'm an influencer. I would never push anything I don't actually use, believe in, and actually think that it works. I would. I could never be that kind of person. I think I share okay. what I know, and that's about it. Okay. Well, everybody's got their their beliefs in terms of, you know, how they want to make a living and what they want to promote and not. And you're being true to yourself, basically, by promoting what you believe in, promoting what you would actually use yourself as opposed to a famous family full of lots of females that might promote lots of other things that they don't necessarily believe in or use. No names, necessarily. (laughs) So, um, what's your profession been like during the pandemic has business treating you so um as far as coffee i have not been super active with my coffee business lately i've been more focused on my photography and my clothing line kunda which has thankfully Mm -hmm. i've still been getting a lot of business a lot of traction a lot of requests and inquiries regarding those two businesses so 
luckily for me it hasn't it's slowed down but it's still there i'm still open for business as as long as i'm you know as long as the uae allows me to i'm okay mm-hmm. thankfully i know a lot of people are in some really tough spots right now but thankfully mm-hmm. i'm i'm doing okay that sounds fantastic and well done congratulations to you um just in terms of the clothing line so where do you source your fabrics from where do you source um the the dressmakers do you is it you know one piece do you um provide a stock of clothing what what is it made to order so what my, what's the so situation the in terms of the clothing line so it's made to order I have my I don't stock anything. I only do made to order because my my guys, my tailors are so amazing. They can fulfill an order in one to two business days. So I keep That's really stock good. That that keeps my costs down. I don't have to work mm-hmm. selling it. I don't have to worry about upfront costs. You know, I I get things made as needed. And the best thing about that is that I can tailor it even though I have my sizes set. I can tailor it to um the client's needs. Like the reason the whole reason I made Kunda is because I wanted to move from fast fashion into more ethical fashion and when I was shopping it was really really hard for me to buy anything because the sizes just weren't made for me. I'm a I'm a small person. I'm short. I'm, I have a very small waist, but my hips are from my mama. And when I try and put anything on, it's just it, you know, it just was not working. So I started getting outfits made. Um, that was one thing about me that I've always done. Like I, I love clothes. I love fashion. I always love things to be like perfect. So when I started making pieces for myself, I was like, you know what? I know other women are into this also, and the ethical clothing industry is not full of. you know people that look like me so that's mm-hmm, another mm-hmm. thing I felt like I needed to step into and just you know add my little touch to it I hear you sister I um yeah I went to Colombia I did it slightly different to yourself so I created a clothing line for plus size women but I created um lines and yep I hear you where you have no overheads I had overheads so you've done it the right way around um building a client base and making your outfits to order and you know with very little waste yeah. there so well done um the photo shoot so you you've started or created or you're working on a joint venture i think um in terms of the photo shoots and the dresses is that right i don't know if you'd like to talk about that so a little I, bit i do the photo shoots for my clothing line um i i have an issue a tiny i think it's a small issue where i need to control everything i it needs to be perfect and i feel if i feel like no one else can do it like i can do it i'm just going to take care of everything which is good and bad in some ways. So for the clothing line, I did all the photo shoots. I and every single model that you see on my clothing line social media is a friend of mine. Mhm. Yeah, so it it worked out. 
a number of things there so one is if you want to scale up that's impossible to you know manage your business and and replicate yourself you you have to be able to delegate and find the right people and put them in the right place at the right time which I'm sure you know um but yeah you can control everything when it's at a certain level but scaling up the business and replicating your models then yeah you'll need to find systems that work really really well um I don't think you'll have an issue with that in the Middle East you've got lots of highly educated people and lots of people so finding people who've got the know-how who've got the skills who can you know do things as good as you better than you in other areas I think you're in a good place to do that in terms of you know your peers and and employees and so on and so forth um but I, I think I was talking more about you I think you're doing a joint venture in terms of the 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 I can't think of the term the um the flowing dresses the photo oh, shoot the flowing dresses yes the flying dress shoots yeah. yes that's what I was referring to so did that idea come from is the the one there's one in Greece isn't there where people do these flying yeah. dresses in is in Santorini or somewhere like that in Greece is that where the idea came yeah, from yeah. or I don't know if you like we were we were like throwing that idea around for a couple months before I was like okay let's you know let's let's really do this let's get some dresses made and um I designed a a handful I think we have three or four dresses different colors and I made the sizes to be a little more uh uh free size so that multiple Mm -hmm. um, sizes can fit in the dresses so that mm-hmm. worked out really, really well. We, um, our first client was um, Kina, who does Dubai Blackout. She comes every year to Dubai in October. And we had a bunch of beautiful ladies that signed up for the dress shoots. And it was amazing. It was like everything I well done. thought it would be. Okay, so fantastic. Um, so you've got the flying dress shoot, coffee businesses, um, clothing line. You sound like you're doing really, really well. Um, a, a couple of things. You are flourishing in the Middle East, very much like Money Bell, who I spoke to last week. You're flourishing in the Middle East. Do you think you would have flourished um, in the same way anywhere else in the world, in Brooklyn, other parts of the US, other parts of the world? Do you think you would have been as successful as maybe you are yeah, anywhere because else? because I'm me. And that's never going to change. It doesn't matter where I'm at in the world. I'm going to make it work. That's a good yeah. attitude to have. A very good attitude to have. Um, so let's talk about something else. Sexuality. Another reason why I love your website. I think that's your partner on the website that you're holding and hugging. Um, and so that that's what I thought. And you're in the Middle East. And so... Um, your your website or your Insta page is you've got definite out queer images. You seem to be living a full life in the Middle East as a black queer woman. Talk about that experience, please. So I have always been me. I've always been. I don't really like labels. I consider myself a free person. I consider myself. You know, an outgoing spirit. Um, when I came to the Middle East, I didn't change anything about the way I lived my life in the States. Um, yeah, I, I didn't really change anything. I did dress a little bit more modestly, just out of respect for the locals. But as far as mm-hmm. spirituality, I 
didn't I didn't feel the need to change anything. I lived my life how I always lived my life. And then I met my fiance out here and that was it. And we live our life how we live our life. We feel no need to hide. We feel no need to act different, but we're also we're also adults. Like I don't feel the need to like slobber my fiance down in public just because it's not a necessity. We can do it in the house, we can do it in a hotel, we can do it anywhere else. It's not a need. But when you say that, do you would you do that if you were on holiday, or would you do that if you were in Brooklyn, or would you do that elsewhere? But you don't do it in the no. Middle East consciously, or is that just the way not, you express yourself? I, I don't express myself like that. Like I I can hold my fiance's hand. I can like hug my fiance in public. I like that's not it's not forbidden. But I'm not I'm not also I'm also not a person that just like I'm not big with the PDA. So mm-hmm. it's either it doesn't matter where I was, I still wouldn't do it. Okay, that's fair enough. Everybody's different. Um, I don't know if you listened to the podcast interview with Monique and myself, but for me as a teacher in a in a secondary school, um, for me, my mental health was really, really um, affected by my experience as a, as a queer black woman living in the Middle East. But I think it's also to do with the fact that my experience was my job and my job provided my accommodation my job provided my visa I was sponsored by my employer so there are you know so many factors working in an international school um so when I think when you're a freelancer and when you work in certain industries maybe it allows for oh, a certain amount of freedom I don't, I don't um, think so because I have friends that are teachers I have friends that do other things and they are also LGBTQ and they live their life also yeah, I think it just depends mm-hmm. on your outlook of the world. Not to, you know, downplay anybody else's experience, but I don't think your job mm-hmm. or you're going to be you regardless. And I don't feel in the UAE that I, I need to hide who I am. I've never felt that. That's powerful. I, I hear what you're saying, um, but yeah. That, that's not everybody's experience but that in terms of mental health yeah. was definitely my experience but I'm glad that you feel empowered to be yourself because the reality is you know being LGBT in not all of the Middle East but in in the UAE is illegal um, in other parts of the UAE it's not illegal and it's you know severely punished in other parts so definitely respect to you for feeling liberated if you're if you're looking at like laws like actual written laws there's not actually a law against it um i can say that in bahrain it's legal and in other countries it's not it's illegal and it is punishable in some countries in the middle east that there are laws in place but definitely oh we we know some parts of the middle east is is like a no-go but yeah, so there are laws in place where it is legal or illegal to be, uh, you know, homosexual. Um, yeah, that's what I'm saying. I said that before. It is legal in Bahrain because I think it, yeah, it is legal in Bahrain. But in you know other countries, it's illegal and and so on. So you know, some laws are, are enforced in some parts, and some laws aren't enforced in some parts. So that's the reality but I'm glad that you are having a great experience and you're empowered and you're happy and you're able to live your life freely so that's fantastic um so travel 
where have you what places have you visited here or in life just in general yeah in in life in general at about like 50 countries 52 countries something like that it's i i'm not not really okay i love that i can travel now with my fiance like our trips together are amazing some of my favorite ones So, where are some of your play- favorite places, and why are they your favorite places? Favorite places. I love South Africa. South Africa was amazing. I, w- I went to South Africa. So Kunda, I had my first fashion show in March, and the next day I flew out to South Africa for I think eight or nine days, and it was just one of the best experiences. Mm-hmm. Like I had an amazing time. I'm like actually looking for property there to. To buy or rent long term. What was it about South, South Africa that you that you really enjoyed? So like it was just it was the vibe was amazing, especially Johannesburg. Like I felt like I didn't need to like I didn't need to try I didn't need to do anything. Like it just I was just there. I was just me. I didn't feel I didn't feel I didn't feel and I just felt accepted. I felt so in tuned with. Johannesburg. Cape Town, I love Cape Town. Cape Town was beautiful. It's a beautiful country. But Johannesburg definitely like hands down. It was amazing. I went, I stayed with my friend. She took me around. Um, I explored by myself. I explored the coffee scene, the fashion scene. And it was just, it was just great. I did a few tours with some black-owned companies. It was amazing. Okay, and so Joburg, an excellent experience, and you're thinking about maybe um, living out there full time, yeah. part time. Who knows? Um, have you had any negative experiences traveling as a black queer woman? You know, have you had any negative experiences anywhere? No. No. Okay. Have you traveled yeah. alone all of the time, or have you traveled in you I know in relationships? I traveled in a group but I haven't had any issues the only issue I can say I had was when I was in Cape Town it was I think when I was in Cape Town that was the first time in my life that somebody tried to touch my hair in in my life okay that was like the first time ever someone tried to touch my hair but that it wow Well, I mean, what was it? They they were surprised by your hair that you had an Afro. I mean, we're in an African um, country here. I don't. She definitely wasn't African. Um, she was saying how my hair was beautiful, and as just like as she was saying it, it was I felt like I was not even in my body as it was happening because I'm like this has never happened to me before. Her hand was just like reaching out as she was talking, and I just like backed away like we're not gonna do that. Yeah, it was like it was, okay, it was weird. I was like, wow, no. That's like, yeah, very strange. And I wouldn't have expected that type of experience in South Africa, but hey ho, mm-hmm. stupidity's everywhere. Um, <laughs> so you haven't had any negative experiences traveling as a black queer woman, which is beautiful. Um, where would you, whether it's a singleton or with your fiance, where would the ideal place be to go on holiday? Oh, 
there's so many places. I'm really interested in going to the Pacific Islands right now. So, mm-hmm. definitely, like, you know what's crazy? TikTok has introduced me to so many different cultures, as crazy as it sounds. And I'm, I'm really looking forward to visiting New Zealand and the countries out there. Tonga, like all of them. I really, I, I'm like actually like really, really, really excited to visit them. Before, the only reason I wanted to visit New Zealand because I'm a huge nerd and I love Lord of the Rings. But yeah. Okay. <laughs> I don't know what the connection is, but I imagine that they must have filmed some of the scenes yeah, out there, which is what you're saying. I, I don't know. There. Um, but definitely, that's a place I'm really looking forward to. Um, with my fiance we I want to take her to Scotland definitely want to take her to Scotland definitely want to take her to South Africa I know she'll love it and Scotland is one of my favorite places on the planet yeah Scotland's beautiful absolutely beautiful it's Um, the countryside and in the you know the city I've been there I think like four or five times like I really love it What oh, part so in particular? Do you know where the? Oh, I can't remember the name of the bridge, but they filmed Harry Potter there. It's out in the Highlands. It was pretty far from Edinburgh. It's out. No in idea. Highlands, but I really, um, I love yeah, no idea. I love like the landscape. I love the people. I think my favorite experience was in. Glasgow when I met this couple and they were an older couple and I was waiting for a friend to finish a show and they like took me to a pub and we were drinking and playing pool and they were not young but they were drinking me under the table they're Scottish don't blame the Scots and the Irish (laughs) when it comes to alcohol you'll never win listen I have to head back to Edinburgh I can't like continue the most random experiences in like the most out of the way places and I just I loved I loved it so much but yeah it's a beautiful place with incredible people I would agree with you there I don't know the whole of Scotland but it's the places that I've been to I've enjoyed visiting and and seeing and trying dishes as well um, they, yeah, they've got their own kind yeah, of gastronomy up there right in, in Scotland. Favorite. Not my favorite food, especially since I'm vegetarian, vegan now. But the atmosphere, the vibe, definitely love it. And with okay, okay, so. so yeah. Okay, you're definitely in the right place for a good whiskey. <laughs> um. So you'd like to take your fiance to Scotland and you'd like to take your fiance or travel with your fiance to, to South Africa. Um, where do you see yourself in five years time in terms of your business, in, in terms of your personal years, life? I would love to own, to be possibly Sri Lanka. I do want to buy a, like a bed and breakfast, like a small hotel on the beach in Sri Lanka, put a coffee shop in there. Definitely, that's like on the list. 
because I feel like why Sri Lanka be the next Bali. The people are amazing. The it's a beautiful country. The the people, just the people. The people are amazing. They're so nice, so welcoming. The food is amazing, and I I see it being the next Bali. But I don't. I actually don't want it to be the next Bali because I don't want. I don't want the country to just like deteriorate from the amount of people coming in. Okay, that's an interesting one. I, I hope that that comes to fruition for you. I wish you well in that endeavor. Um, so that's five years from now. Living that be permanently oh, in Sri Lanka with your business in multiple countries. I think my top five countries right now, and that I'll probably be hopping around for the next 20 30 years, would definitely be South Africa, UAE, Ghana, Senegal. I want to own a Riyadh in Morocco. And I definitely home New York City and the Caribbean. That's more than five, but yeah. Big dreams, good. <laughs> I do. You want to conquer the world? Good. I hope that it, you know, I hope that you can make it happen. Just got to put a plan in place and put one step, one foot ahead of the other, and make things happen and work with the people. So you've got all of these great ideas in these countries. I don't know if you know about the business politics, about the opportunities for expats, for people, for residents, for non-residents to open businesses. Do you intend on doing things with partners? Do do you do collabs? Do you um, have mentors? How do you? Um, yeah, you've got all of these ideas. Where do they come from, and and how would you put oh them into interaction? So my brain just—I like come up with fifty different business ideas every single day. It it actually drives me crazy. I was talking to my friend about this the other day. He's just like me. Like we come up with business ideas, pretty much like one an hour. So, but the ones that really really speak to me are the ones that are always super. Coffee, definitely. Clothing, definitely. Photography, I love creating. I love making art. Blogging, again, love creating. Love putting information out there. Um, and then I love interior design. So I want to have a, like one property in one of my favorite countries, like at least like a handful, at least five properties around the world that I'm renting out and having that income coming in, but I also can also go to that country and have somewhere to stay. Those are all things that like, it's, it's those mm-hmm. are always floating around my head. Like business ideas are always floating around my head. And I just, I run with the ones that really, really, really like will not let leave me alone. So if you were, for example, to go to Morocco and set up a Riyadh, what would you do to make that happen? Where would you start? How? Yeah. How? So Marrakesh, what, what steps would you Marrakesh. take? Marrakesh showed me such a good time. I was there for my birthday. I was with my best friend. It was amazing. The people I met there were amazing. Still friends with them to this day. Um, I would open like a four-room Riyadh, beautiful courtyard, beautiful swimming pool in the middle, bedrooms designed perfectly. I would like find like the best craft makers around the country to get the the items to decorate the Riyadh 
have a little coffee shop in there have food like the food of course the food i would have moroccan food but would have like a caribbean twist that would i take on a riyadh in morocco mm-hmm. okay but you wouldn't do it with a business partner you wouldn't seek guidance or so you would just do it on your own or? And i have no like i don't own anything in any other country yet but i'm always looking up the laws in different countries and luckily luckily my network includes mm-hmm. people in majority of the places i can see myself owning something so i have i definitely definitely utilize my network reach out to my friends I have friends that are corporate lawyers that give me guidance my mentor who I mentioned earlier he always tells like he owns multiple businesses he's such a savvy businessman and I definitely I accept critique I accept advice I I never think I know all because you don't know all someone else done it before you mm-hmm. definitely Okay, so and do you follow people on social media? Is you know, are there any interesting business people that that are inspirational um, to social you? Social media. I can't. I can't. As far as like content creation, blogging, yes, I do follow people that inspire me. But when it comes to like business, I think Facebook. My Facebook groups give me a lot of information. And can you name any so of those groups? Do you want to name any of those groups? Um, it's for not like corporate mm-hmm. Airbnb professionals, people that like buy up multiple apartments in cities, but like people that have like one or two properties in different countries. So they're not swamping the market. It, like the information I get from them mm-hmm. is just like, it's priceless. And I just, I write everything down. Like I, I take note of everything I see that's of interest to me that applies to what I plan on doing. I write everything down. Like physically, I'm such a journalist. No, that's important because that's what it's out there for. It's, it's you know, their lessons. Once upon yeah. a time you had to go to school or do an apprenticeship or something like that. But now we can learn in so many different ways from so many different places. And, in you know, and, and it's a shorter journey yeah. as long as we take, make use of those lessons. So we, you've got that Airbnb um, Facebook page. Do you want to mention any other pages or groups so that you follow that are you really useful to you? Photographers that give me a lot of tips regarding running a successful successful photography business tips on editing tips on client retention getting clients that's a really good group if you're into photography and you're trying to like grow your business they're so supportive that's good okay and i don't know if there are any others that you want to mention or if that's enough that's perfectly fine i can't think of any more right now That's cool. That's cool. You you know, those two are really, really useful and they're useful to you and hopefully they'll be useful to the listeners as, as well. Um, so let's take you back to when you were 18 years old, a wee lass, as they would say, up in Scotland. What would you say to your 18-year-old self? What advice would you oh, give to your 18-year-old self? Patty. Oh, she was innocent. I would tell her to follow her path no matter 
how hard it will seem in the next few years, the end goal is worth it. I wouldn't change anything about my past up until this point because then I wouldn't have met the people I met up until this point and I wouldn't have done what I've done up until this point. Mm-hmm. So 18-year-old Patty had stars in her eyes. I still got stars in my eyes, but 18-year-old Patty was not Patricia today. So definitely would just be like, look, you're not going to break. <laughs> you're made of more. And trust me, you'll get through the next couple of years. Because after that, it's smooth sailing. Smooth sailing. Because after that, it's what, sorry? Okay, smooth sailing. Okay. Um, fantastic. So, Patty. The end of time, maybe 200 years from now, maybe 150 years from now, what do you want written on your epitaph? How would you like to be remembered? I would like to be remembered for the things that I created. Definitely. I want to be remembered for taking things that people didn't even think about and making it for our culture okay that's beautiful that's really really beautiful so patty um the last question or the the penultimate question what is your handle and where can people find you if they'd like to book your services if they'd like to catch up with you if they'd like to pick your brains what what are your handles and where can people find you instagram you can find me on afrosabroad.com. I am super responsive. You can shoot me an email. You can send me a DM. Any questions at all about moving to the UAE, being a freelancer in the UAE, because I know a lot of people come as a teacher or military. So having the freelancer aspect is super valuable. And I know people have a lot of questions. Um, or my clothing line, you can find me mm-hmm. on Instagram kunda.co k-w actually not w k-u-u-n-d-a dot co or kunda.co as the website and Mm -hmm. for photography it's pixels by patty g on instagram okay so definitely a multiple of ways of getting in contact with you um so last question, is there anything that you, else that you'd like to share with our listeners? Anything that Do I haven't asked you that you'd like to say? The media stop you from moving to the UAE. It is amazing and you will not regret it. Fantastic. So Patty, thank you very much for your time. I wish you all the success in the world. You've got huge dreams and I hope that every single one of your dreams come to fruition. And I wish you well in the next chapter of your life with your fiance and keep living your Thank best you life out so in the UAE. Thank you for your time today, Patty. I really enjoyed it. You too. Thank you. My pleasure. Look after yourself. Bye.